it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Here we go. And the theme of today's show is everybody looks like Tom Brady against our defense. (laughs) Welcome in to the show on this Monday, this Reaction Monday in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team. Farm Bureau Insurance all across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau insurance agents. What is up, my babies? Welcome on in here, and you can be a part of the show back in the normal Farm Bureau insurance studio. So get them on in here. If you're on the live stream, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, formerly Twitter, now it's just throw up the X. Uh, Feel free to comment there. Drop a comment. Post it. I'll see it right here on the screen. Make you part of the show on the Murray West live thread. More on Murray West in just a bit. You can also text the show on the country-pleasing text line, country-pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. It is the best sausage, hands down. Anna Beth went to the grocery store yesterday where we live in Tupelo and Kroger and uh, came home with some extra country-pleasing. So it went in the freezer. I'm saving that for a rainy day. (laughs) It's going to be hard to run out. I keep stacking it up in the freezer like that. Text the show, call the show, all right? And the numbers to text and call are 885-3776. Got it? That's the text line. Another way to remember the text line is 885-ESPN. You can text to that number. I'll get it right here. You can also call me on the Divini phone, 995-1059. That's 601 number, 995-1059. Well... Here we sit on another Monday, kind of like we did throughout the month of September, and the early part of October for that matter, and that is coming out of a game when an opposing quarterback has the best day of his life throwing the football against Mississippi State. You know, and it turns out the whole Arkansas thing was the outlier, and, you know, it also, you you look at the way State's defense played in the first half against Auburn, or or didn't play, however you want to phrase it. And you go, okay, well, maybe now we're getting an indication why Arkansas went ahead and its offensive coordinator the day after losing the State, and they couldn't move the ball because they're going, well, if you can't throw the ball against these guys, what are you even doing? And, I mean, Auburn, look, I'm just going to say it like it is, and I know I'm starting out negative today, but it is just the truth, okay? That Auburn quarterback, Thorne, they couldn't throw the ball against anybody that they have played this year. You know, going out west to play Cal. Um, really, even teams like Samford, they didn't throw it that well. Okay? And then they ran up on SEC competition. Texas A&M, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss. Could not throw it in the ocean like totally dependent on running the ball. The worst offense in the SEC statistically, okay, and the worst passing, one of the worst passing offenses in the country, hands down, going into that game. And this guy went and completed 77% of his throws, 
20 of 26 and threw three touchdowns and could do no wrong. It was an it was a total repeat of the early part of the season when y'all I've said it I can't I can't figure it out other than you know you can say yeah you did lose some key players that were a big part of your pass defense which is both coverage and rush but 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 really I mean we're not we're talking about again Saturday in the first half which it counts okay and and just like Zach Arnett said after the game, nobody's giving you any sort of pat on the back for playing a good half. So maybe they played a little better in the second half. Well, I got news for you. Auburn's sitting on a 24-3 lead. It probably affected the way they called a game, don't you think? You're up 24-3. The other guys can't move the ball, and they cannot stop us from throwing short passes. So what are we not going to do offensively? Take chances. We don't have to take chances. <laughs> we got a 21-point lead. They can't do anything. Let's just, we're going to put the game on ice and make sure we don't give it to them, right? And you can do that. So certainly that helped you defensively. Well, again, that first half was an example of what we saw against LSU, South Carolina, Alabama, Western Michigan. And frankly, for a good part of the game in the season opener against Southeastern Louisiana, and that is not just having a hard time you know, like getting stops or creating turnovers. No, I mean just having a hard time forcing an incompletion. I, I you know, and I'll say this again. I, I know, I guess it's sort of a repeat here. There, we've got some people who listen and are a part of the show all the time that you're really good at looking things up. You know, you know where to go. You probably have sort of a, link or two that's on in your bookmarks you can go right to the statistical data for years past i would bet you without knowing this and without looking it up i would be willing to bet you money you can't find in the history of mississippi state defenses and let's just go modern era where teams threw the ball okay because if you go to the 70s nobody was really throwing the ball that much anyway but it, it, it probably still sticks in the history of defense For State, you're going to have a hard time finding a season where a team gave up this kind of completion percentage to opposing quarterbacks every single week. And again, the Arkansas game's the outlier. You're not going to... We're at five games now out of seven. And, I, and honestly, I can't remember the first game. Uh, the numbers. I'd have to go look that one back up. So I can tell you for sure five of the seven games. Wait a minute. You've played eight games, right? Yeah, you're four and four. So <clears throat> LSU, South Carolina, Alabama, Western Michigan, okay, and now Auburn. So that's five of your eight opponents. And it may be more than that, but I know five of the eight opponents who are 77% completions or better. No, that does not happen. Y'all, this is what I'm saying. It doesn't happen. <laughs> I've never seen it. I know that in 2023, passing games and passing offenses are different now than they were 50, even 15 years ago. Certainly different than 25 years ago. Historically, 
you go further back, yeah, it's really different. But again, don't you see the point I'm making? I mean, everybody adjusts. We're riding the waves of offensive and defensive schemes and kind of how things grow and evolve just like everybody else. And we're sitting here, and I'm telling you, I have never, I have never seen a defense, a Southeastern Conference defense, give up the kinds of completion percentages to opposing quarterbacks that we're giving up. I've never seen it. I, I, that's the sticking point for me. <laughs> it's not rush yards. Sure, teams have had a right, pop a few runs. It's it's not you know occasionally you know getting to another guy you know opposing quarterback and hitting him with linebackers or blitz. We do some of that, sure. Okay, but the combination of rushing with your defensive front and then covering on the back end, I have never seen a Southeastern Conference in five of its first eight games. Give up 77% or better in five of those eight games. Again, and, and I'm harping on it, LSU, Jaden Daniels, 88% in your house. Set an LSU single-game record. The next week, 90% Spencer Rattler. <laughs> 90. The next week, Jalen Milrow. Runs fast, hit the deep ball, great kid. Not a... Pocket passer completed 83% of his throws in the game. The next week, the third-string guy for Western Michigan went out there and went up and down the field at 77% completions. Now, you got after Arkansas out of an open day. You did. And Arkansas got issues. And they felt like not being able to move the ball against State was so bad, they fired a guy the next day. Okay, That's, what, that's the way they saw it. And then you come back this week and you go to Auburn playing a team that they could they threw it all season long as bad or worse than anybody else in college football. And they had 300 yards of offense in the first half and their quarterback could not miss and he completed 77% of his throws. That kid hadn't completed 77% of his throws since high school. Ain't even close to it in a ball game. And you couldn't even force an incompletion in the first half. So here's my thing. What's the issue? And it is hard to watch, and you hate it for guys who are out there running down receivers making tackles at the next level like Jet and Buki. You know, know, how many times did you see Jet making line of scrimmage tackles the other day? Not many, right? What's he doing? He's chasing somebody on the next level because it's completed back there. <laughs> yeah, it's just just the overall, it's hard to wrap your head around it. It really is hard to wrap your head around for me that, um, that there has been some sort of defensive regression consistently like that that you've seen every week, and it's hard to figure out where it comes from. I honestly did not. I did not come into the year believing that your players on defense were that bad. I did not come into the year believing that your players in the secondary were that bad. And and I honestly, it's like, it's not like you're giving up busted plays. See, help me out there also. There's been the occasion 
where maybe somebody got loose and you had a guy out of position, but a lot of this stuff where guys are going 80% completions on you is they're completing it in front of a guy. <laughs> they complete it, we tackle them, they've made six, we line back up. Third and eight, they complete it, we tackle them, they make nine yards, we line back up. Now, they hit deep balls against us, in, uh, you know, the one-on-one out there in the slot against LSU. But since then, how many go-ball bombs have you seen over people's head? It's not That's not what it is. Some of it's matchup stuff, but a lot of it is short routes, easy routes, in front of cushion, you complete it, you come up, make, we make the tackle, now it's second and five. They need five on third down. They get a crossing route. They make eight. Line back up. First down. And it's like easy. <laughs> Taking candy, man. I can't figure that part of it out. Yeah, you got offensive issues. Okay? And and that's a whole... It almost feels like a separate conversation. Those offensive issues. Because, you know, one, it's offense. Two, you know, the quarterback thing. You hadn't had Will the last couple of weeks. Three, we've beat to death the whole thing of the decision to you know, abandon anything that you were on offense the last three years and go ahead and begin to transition to what you want to be now and just aren't there yet, which includes tight ends. It includes tighter splits. It includes much more of a run game. And I got news for you. If Woody Marks is healthy, if Woody Marks 100% healthy, things are going to look a little bit different. I think things would look different in that game the other day. And you almost have more of an excuse <laughs> to be running the ball all that and, and just get the heck away from the air raid because we got a healthy Woody Marks. But you don't. And now what? And I did not feel like some people were screaming and hollering about play calling the other day, and I didn't feel like it was all that bad of a day play calling offensively. You know, there were two short yardage situations in the early part of that game that – I just feel like would have made a big difference. And the quarterback made a mistake on both of them. One was a third down, one was a fourth down. Both of them were called plays where he's reading things at the line of scrimmage, and both times he made the wrong decision not to give. Replay showed you on both of those, the third and the fourth down. If he gives the football on on the read, the guy stays out, I give it. I really don't know what Mike was trying to do. Pulling it, trying to make something big happen, but it's third and a yard. It's fourth and a yard. And on both of those, if you give it, like – he makes five yards before anybody breathes on him. That's the way they defended it. And the Auburn people are like, oh, we got a big stop on fourth down. Well, I mean, you kind of – you were out there. <laughs> That's it. It ain't like you made the play. We went and shot our own foot because we didn't make the right read on third and fourth down. So they got a, they got a lot of – they got a lot of issues on offense – before you even get to discussing play calling. So that's kind of where it is. And you come out, you fight back in it to a degree in the second half, and guess what? As bad as the first half defense was, in the second half, they got stops and gave you a chance on offense. One second half drive, and that's pretty much it. One fourth quarter drive, it was a good one. But, buddy... Two different times they go get stops for you defensively, and you go get the ball and go three and out. You know, so the complimentary part of the game. And you give them credit for playing a better second half than the first one. But you get down, you go on the road in the SEC, get down 24 to 3. What are you going to do? 
How many times are you going to come back from that? Not many. Not unless you're the air raid and can throw the you-know-what out of it. Run, tell them I said it. You get down 24-3 to on the road in the SEC. You got one shot, one thing you need in order to come back from that. You know what it is? You can throw it. Because if you can't, crank the bus. Run the clock. Run, tell them I said it. All right. I got a text from a buddy of mine that said, difference in feel this year on defense versus 2016. Boy, that is a good question. And you know what's interesting is, it's, it's interesting that we haven't brought that up yet. <laughs> so 2016, you know, the first year without Dak, Mullen's still the coach. They went to a first-year defensive coordinator in Peter Sermon, and that was his one year there. And at that time, you know, it was so bad compared to those other defenses you had had under Jeff Collins and, you know, earlier on in Mullen's career. At State, and they had a bunch of NFL players early in his career. But that 2016 defense, yeah, the, the main thing I remember about it was how obvious it was that the guys were thinking way too much. They just, I mean, they were in total a total state of, like, mental lockdown, <laughs> trying to do everything they were being asked to do and be perfect in every little thing, like processing plays like you're on an NFL defense and guys would just go into lock and they couldn't break on the ball. It was all they could do to get to the right place and they they were the least um, read and react defense I've ever seen at, at you know certainly at that time they were they were just kind of out there. It was almost like they're trying to get to their spot on the on the playing on the board but then didn't really know what to do after that. By that time offense already got the ball and running down the field. And then I remember, so they made the change after one year, and Grantham came in in 2017, and it was so different because his philosophy was, we're going to do everything fast, even when we screw it up, we're going to do it going a million miles an hour, playing faster and more chaotic than they are. And the defensive guys loved it, and it just it was a better way to play. Of course, they had players, okay? You get some real dudes on that 17 defense. But I would say the truth is it's very, very similar at times. And that is there's just not a level of anticipation. And if you're – let's put it this way. Like if you're in a defensive secondary, you're in coverage, right? And you're not as fast as the other guys. Okay, you're not as fast as the other guys. And you're in defensive secondary and you're in coverage. Let's say that's the case with some teams. Well, what do you have to do? you got to pick and choose when you're going after things. Otherwise, you're going to sit back and play Ben don't break, and they're going to run 15 plays and complete a bunch of five-yard routes on you right on down the field, which we've seen a bunch. And you come up and tackle and you line back up. But then there are other times where because of what you're, you've seen on film and because you're coached up and you're starting to get a read of it, of what they're running and when, there are going to be times when you have to anticipate where the ball is going and break on it and break it up or make a play, and it can't be at the end of the third quarter the first time you do it. So there's just – it's so 
easy to stand there and talk about it and lament it like I'm doing right now. The hard thing, you know, one hard thing to do is to figure it out from a coaching standpoint. The hardest thing to do is make it happen on the field. The hardest job on the field is covering receivers, corners, their job. That's the hardest job on the field. But, you know, there's almost um, something is missing when after everything that has happened with opposing quarterbacks just lighting you up. And, again, we're not talking about throwing five touchdowns a game. No, we're just talking about you can't even force regular incompletes. It's just automatic completions. It's practice rate completions, y'all. 88, 83, 90. It's absurd. And then a guy that really and truly couldn't throw it in the ocean. 77%, 20 of 26. Bet he slept good the night before after watching a film. And played like it. And so something is missing. Something's missing. All right. I promise I'm coming to your texts and I'm coming to your comments. MSU 1980, Nick, Razdog, Thibodeau, Patrick. RTD, that's Rebel Tiger Dog, and more on the Country Pleasing text line. Also on the Murray West Live thread, Will and Steve and Joseph and Danny, Jimmy, JS290, Gabe, John, all y'all, as my man Neil Price would say, coming to you next on Reaction Monday. You got my reaction. I don't have a lot of analysis right now. I'm just reacting. But I'll get your reaction coming up. So thanks for being a part of the show. Your comments next. I'm Matt. Stick around. Somebody made a country-pleasing road trip. I'll tell you what I mean coming up. Uh, as you can imagine, after that long rant, I got a lot of comments to get to here, uh, both on the country-pleasing text line and on the Murray West live thread. If you're on the live stream on YouTube, Facebook, hey to y'all, type in a comment, hit it right here. It pops up on the Murray West live thread. Speaking of, if you need some thread sewn into anything with your logo, uh, your your brand insignia, whatever that is. Contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi. And they do great work. It is Murray West. And you can see and learn a little more at murraywest.com. That's M-U-R-R-Y, west.com. Wherever you are, go there. You need stuff? Need a hat with patches on, logos on, embroidered on sweatshirts, Gift items, whatever the case is, custom apparel, that's where you go. Murray West, right here in Mississippi, a great Mississippi company. Uh, Will commented, he's on YouTube, said, Hail State, sad we didn't win, but at least we're not Arkansas. <laughs> well, they had the week off too. And now you look, you know, you, you're fighting against Arkansas the rest of the season to stay out of the bottom of the West. And, um, you know, you finish the same record, I guess you'll have the tiebreaker, beat them in head-to-head, but. 
about all you got going for you right now. You got to figure out a way to beat some teams that, uh, you know, have looked like better teams this year than you. A&M and Kentucky coming up next, obviously. And you got Southern Miss, who <clears throat> states actually looked like a better team than Southern Miss. Although Southern Miss played pretty well last week at App State on Saturday, came up short, had a big halftime lead, but got beat in the second half, gave up 24th quarter points and lost. And right now, Ole Miss just looks great. They continue to cruise. And the only team in the league that's worse in state and Auburn is Vandy. And Ole Miss proved it again on uh, Saturday night. No, here's what I was talking about. Hill Dog texts the show on the Country Pleasing text line. He's got a picture out in front of uh, Country Meat Packers on Highway 49 in Florence. And um, he's from New Bern, North Carolina. New Bern, North Carolina. He came down, visited bought a bunch of country-pleasing sausages and took it back to North Carolina with him. He said, I just unpacked the cooler. It says, the lady that helped me at Country Meat Packer was very helpful and so nice. Getting ready to make uh, deliveries to friends in town. So how about that? He goes to, comes home to visit Mississippi, goes to Country Meat Packers, buys a bunch of country-pleasing sausage, puts it on ice, drives it all the way back to North Carolina, and uh, puts it back in the freezer and then gives it out to all his friends. He said, everybody here loves this sausage. That's from Hill Dog. Thanks for the picture and the story, and enjoy the food. Uh, MSU1980 texts the show. He said, Matt, like you said at the end of the game, Auburn going for a touchdown at the very end, leading by 14, was classless. It, it was, <clears throat> and look, you know, and I get it. I, I mean, there's classless and football really don't care about each other. You know, those two things don't always run together, or class and football, or winning football even. But it was. It's one of those things where, you know, Zach's a young head coach, first-year head coach. He only had two timeouts before they got the ball anyway. Uh, he burned those two timeouts. But so it's like a so what. You know, they still have, what was it, a second down play, I think. You know, and he's burned two – his remaining – he doesn't have any timeouts left. There's only like a minute 40-something left on the clock or less than that, actually, left on the clock. And – all they got to do is get it in the locker room and they come out when you don't have a timeout and decide to take a shot at the end zone. It's just Bush League stuff. And, you know, congrats to Auburn for winning the game, but you got to get past Bush League stuff to get out of the bottom of the league. And I know that's what their fan base expects long term. Nick texts the show. He said, Selman is going to have a big decision to make come Thanksgiving. The whole staff looks lost from top to bottom. Uh... Nick says you can't learn on the job in this league or you get left behind. It is what it is. Uh, Res Dog Texas show. And he says, Matt, it's the worst coaching job I've ever seen. Hate it for Arnett, but he's got to go. That's from Res Dog. Uh, unnamed texture. No, no, that's just Thibodeau. Sorry, I didn't see the name. Thibodeau says, <laughs> he says, my wife and I were out of the country last week. What did I miss other than how bad the defense is? Well, let's see, Thibodeau. Well, what happened last week? <laughs> other than how bad the defense is. I don't know. I don't think you missed much. I'll tell you what you missed. You missed a high school kid for Leak Academy throwing nine touchdown passes in a game. How about that? That's like a career for some folks. <laughs> Patrick texts the show, says, is it the personnel or the defensive play calling? I've noticed our DBs giving them 11-yard cushions on third and short. Well, you know, Patrick, I have – yeah, and that's something that I haven't 
you know, talked with a DB coach or like sat there and really broke breaking film down or comparing it to other defenses as a part of the game that I've noticed is, yeah, there's there's a lot of times where you're giving up cushion and stuff, but I think that's just by virtue of not really knowing, you know, who do we have that can bump up into these guys' face mask and run with them in man-to-man, and, and maybe you don't have it. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't. I don't know. Um, you've had different, what, three different starting corners opposite of DeCam Richardson? See, and, and DeCamion Richardson, your most experienced corner coming back, um, and he's done well at times, but some teams have also, even Auburn, have not hesitated to throw it at him. You know, it's not like he's a Forbes right now where teams are just avoiding him altogether. Um, so that's one thing that's different, but on the opposite side, you know, early in the year, Furge started and then... Um, I'm drawing a blank. I'm having a senior moment, number four, you know, who played well. Uh, I just I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. And then now, let's see. They I think they started the freshman Pollock over there the other day, and they went at him down in the red zone, and you know he got outfought for the ball and then missed the tackle. And I don't know that you saw him a whole lot the rest of the ball game. Um, and look, you know, somebody texted the show and said. We have one of the most dangerous return men in college football. Why not return anything he catches? Play with excitement, not fear. Now, I don't know who you are. I don't know your name. Uh, I wish I did because, I honestly, I would tell you I'm, in, I'm right there with you. I can't that's – that's something I can't figure out. And here's the deal. Eric Mealy, the special teams coach, has forgotten more about coaching special teams than I know. Okay, that's the fact. I'm not just saying that to soften up any sort of criticism here. That's not, that's the truth. I say it to maybe paint a picture that maybe there's something I'm not thinking about. But here's the deal. I can't be convinced that in reality there is any difference in your ability to return a kickoff from just outside the goal line versus one step or one and a half steps or even two yards behind the goal line. You see what I'm saying? If if Tulu Griffin is one yard in front of the goal line, he catches a kickoff, here he goes. But if he's 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 got some kicks, like I think it might have been the first one. One of the first couple of kicks from Auburn the other day landed somewhere in the neighborhood of only about two yards deep in the end zone. Now, they were angling him over the pylon, but like on some of those we've seen, I can't understand if – I can't figure it out. <laughs> there has to be something we're not seeing. Because if it's only a yard or two – but for me, you're too Lou Griffin. Even if it's five yards deep, catch the ball and bring it out. I mean, what's five yards to a returner like Tulu? Well, the angles are different and this guy. Okay, fine. He's still only got it. All he needs is one little crease and he's on the kicker. And then what's five yards? Who cares about five yards once he's one-on-one with a kicker? <laughs> I just, I'm like you. When your starting quarterback is out, your starting running back is out. Okay, and I'm not so sure that it isn't a bigger deal that you didn't have Woody Marks than it is you didn't have Will. 
Really. Because if Woody Mark is in the game, you think you give it to him on third and short? Yep. Ain't no read. You think you give it to him on fourth and short? Yes. But I digress. You were without Will. You were without Woody. You're on the road. You're starting to get behind. Catch the kickoff and let's go. So what if they stop you on the 15? Who cares? If I can throw you a ball and get it in your hands in space, I'll do it, Tulu. If I can toss sweep you the ball and get you in space, I'll do it. Catch the ball in space, see what happens. You're our best weapon. I 100% agree with that. I cannot figure out. And, and to me, like, again, I'm simple-minded, so maybe there are details I don't understand. But I don't want to hear anything about angles. Okay, a guy like Tulu creates the angles. I don't want to hear anything about, you know, the distance with the coverage unit and catching it four yards deep. Bull! Bull! Bring it out! At some point, we got to be a little more aggressive than we're being. It's how I would feel if I were, like, you know, player. And as a quarterback, that's bad. You you feel like you want to be aggressive. You start pumping a ball down the field and throwing interceptions. Quarterback can't do that, but you can be aggressive on kick return, for sure. All right, look, as y'all can tell, <laughs> um, I've got my work cut out for me. Uh, coming to your comments, I'm going to do it next. Rebel Tiger Dog, David, Beeves' former neighbor, Rex, everybody, uh, Ronnie, I'm going to come to y'all. Uh, on the Murray West Live thread, YouTube, Facebook, coming to you as well. Hang in there. Stay with me. Stick around. Back with you. Yeah, on the Murray West live thread, Roshana said, I've moved on to basketball season. <laughs> well, and you had a nice basketball exhibition yesterday between State and Southern Miss. It was competitive down there in Hattiesburg. I think State scored a little more. Now, it's just an exhibition, right? But State won it. Um, but it looked like it was a good ball game. People that were there said it was very competitive and two pretty good teams. All right, over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, 995-1059. On line one, Houston hanging on. Thanks for calling, Houston. What's up? Hey, Matt. Um, I know uh, we lost uh, on Saturday, and uh, I was able to listen to you and Neil, and uh, you did a good job as always. Uh, you're really good at analyzing things. But, um, it just looked like to me um, that, you know, our team is very, uh, we are heavily dependent on momentum early on. It just seemed like we, we were never able to establish any type of rhythm at all. Uh, mm. But... You know, and, and credit to Auburn, they, uh, they knew our game plan, apparently. Um, but, but, uh, but anyway, uh, what I'm calling about is uh, I had a terrific time in Dallas 
And I just want to let everybody know that what a great uh, ambassador we have in Dak Prescott. Uh, I don't know if you've seen all the stuff I've done. I saw uh, your pictures, it, it, Houston. Um, the the pictures of you at at Dallas's game yesterday, and and you getting to see and talk to Dak after the game, and he taking pictures with you and everything. It was really really cool. Congrats on that. Uh, I tell you what, we have a lot of great people and a lot of great former players, and, and you're one of them. And, and, uh, and I, I like the fact that you said 1998, uh, only one SEC uh, Western Division team in the state uh, is, is going to the SEC championship game. But, but, uh, we, uh, but I, I really appreciate talking with you, and, and uh, we're going to get it turned around. We're just going to. We just gotta really, uh, you know, believe in our system, and uh, there's certain things that we can do to tweak things, and um, those players will win a lot worse than we do. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, For sure. And uh, it's hard to win at all, but we've historically struggled there recently, but uh, we've had some very entertaining games there. And, uh, but like I said, uh, it's a blessing to talk with you today. And, you too, Houston. I hope you have a great rest of your afternoon. Thank you, man. I really do appreciate you calling. Yeah, I, I enjoyed seeing your pictures on, uh, I think I saw them on Facebook. You guys had posted them, and that, that was that was great. Houston was at the uh, uh, big Cowboys game yesterday. They killed the Rams. Just And Dak was f- almost flawless. And, you know, they had one interception, but it was really a tip ball by a receiver, which what else is new? But he threw four touchdowns and was and went 80% completions. And then uh, came over and <clears throat> he spent some time with Houston after the game. They took pictures together. That was really, really cool to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, okay, uh, Auburn uh, is a tough place to play. We noted it. I pointed this out, you know, as we were kind of sitting over there. It had been a while since State has gone to Auburn and gotten off to a good start. Seems like all the recent trips, State would go over there and really get off to poor starts. And, of course, the one before this one came back. 40 unanswered points because you could throw the ball and got hot and you came back and won the game. But you've had some others you just go over there and lay an egg in the early part of the game. And, of course, this one as well. And this is a bad Auburn team. I mean, it just is, y'all. It's a bad Auburn team, and uh, particularly a bad Auburn offense. And man, they didn't—they didn't look bad. Like uh, as I said, they had—they had 300 yards of offense in the first half. Okay, and we're up 24 to three at halftime. Now they only had a grand total of 116 yards of offense in the second half, and that is a credit to State. State played hard out of the locker room. They did. Defensively, they did step up and get some stops in the second half to give the offense a chance, and, and the offense couldn't respond enough to, to get back in there and maybe tie the game, whatever. State actually did outscore Auburn in the second half 10-3. to But when you're down 24-3 at half to a team that can't win, a team that's 0-4 in the SEC, you know what they're going to do in the second half. A team that couldn't offense its way out of a wet paper sack all year long. You know what they're going to do with a 24-3 lead at home. What? They're going to sit on it. <laughs> it, it. They all of a sudden are going to tighten up. This is not a well-oiled machine on offense. And so they were going to try to just keep the ball. And 
depend on State to not be able to score offensively, and that's how it worked. And so that's a little bit as to – it's not to take all the credit away from State in the second half, but that's a little bit as to why the numbers were so skewed first half to second half. Um, but this is the – again, we've, we've made a big deal out of it. You know – I don't have the game-by-game game numbers. In fact, I will look them up in here in just a little bit um, to see if I can get individual stats uh, for Auburn and look at their quarterback in some of these other games. But in this game, I don't know if you all realize it, but in this game, he threw the ball 26 times. State forced consecutive incompletions, back-to-back incompletions from their quarterback one time in the ballgame. And what I'm saying is, whatever you want to chalk up that right there up to, it's not athleticism, and it's not personnel, and it's not players. Whatever you want to chalk it up to. Didn't execute. Mentally, they had errors. Okay. But it ain't how fast you are or aren't, and it ain't how big and strong you are or aren't. When you play that Auburn offense against that Auburn quarterback, and he throws it 26 times, and only one time in a game can you force back-to-back incompletions. Uh, David and Brandon text the show. Country, please, and text line. And he said... That deep shot at the end of the game was a response to that shot on Auburn's quarterback the play before. Well, maybe it is. I, you know, I don't know if it is or isn't, if it was or wasn't in response to that shot. But let me just say this, David. If it was in response to the quote-unquote shot on Auburn's quarterback the play before, then bull, line them all up. Let's get them all on the phone. Let's watch the film, and let's show them bull with a capital B. Bull. (laughs) Because when they ran that play the play before, when you say a shot on Auburn's quarterback, well, what were they running? Do you remember? Right. They were doing something incredibly stupid with a running back who just popped a 50-yard run, and all they've got to do is run clock. And they obviously were in run clock mode. What did they do? They didn't give it to the running back. They let the quarterback take the snap and start retreating out to the left, losing ground. Like it's like this half, you know what, rollout to his left, and he's just got the ball, and he's out here just kind of hanging out and running around in front of a linebacker. Well, what do you think a linebacker's going to do? <laughs> and he didn't take a shot. He tackled him. Br- pull the play up. Put the, put the film on, and let's watch it together. The quote-unquote shot on the quarterback was what? A tackle for loss to a defense that's trying to get the ball back. When they started running the play, you'll hear me on the broadcast go, what is Auburn doing? Because they did what? Put a, instead of a running back who's trained to hang on to the ball, they're running their quarterback around out here in no man's land trying to do something stupid. And they got him tackled, and I'm supposed to believe that's a shot on the quarterback that warrants a, now they're out of timeouts, I'm going to try to throw a touchdown. You know what? Bull. 
So whether that's your thinking or someone's told you that, listen, it's bull. And what they did was they wanted more points on the board. And I don't know who it was for, whether it was for themselves or who it was for, but it was a no-class deal, period. End of story. Print it. Send it. All right, let's look at this quarterback. What numbers he wear? What number does Thorne wear for them? Anybody know? I don't have the slightest idea. Oh, he wears number one. <laughs> All right, so if I could look at stats for Auburn, I wanted to see what he did in the rest of the year. All right. Game by game. Against State, he is 20 of 26. Against Texas A&M, what was he? i go back here. Ah, <laughs> oh, shoot. We'll have to do it in the second half. The music's playing. So we can see um, we can see maybe what he was. Hey, Matt game Wyatt. Game. What's up? Real quick, I did happen to see earlier this morning, the, against the rest of the SEC so far, he had completed 61%. Against Mississippi State, he completed 80 <laughs> There you go, Beaver. Against Texas A&M, he went 6 for 12. Georgia, 10 for 19. Against LSU, went 12 of 23. Against Ole Miss the week before, went 9 for 13. And this week, he's 20 for 26 with three touchdowns and Tom Brady. Hour two coming up. Stick around. 